0: Hi, this is Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and uh, proud to have Chuck Cooperstein, voice of the Mavs, join me now. And, uh, Chuck, I mean, some amazing news comes down over the weekend. What were uh, what were you doing when the news uh, came across, and and what was your – what was your kind of gut reaction? Were you did your jaw drop? Um, and and I guess you spent like a lot of us the next couple of hours kind of surfing the internet. Uh, you probably made calls and had several conversations and text messages. What was your what was your initial
1: reaction, sir? Well, hi Matt. How are you? Good. <laughs> uh I was actually on the phone with Mark Folliwell. We were talking about something, you know, just related to, uh, uh, you know, what we were going to be doing that day. And then Jeffrey, my son, he, ca- he calls. He's trying to call me, but I ignore him. And I figure, well, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll get to him when I'm done with Mark. And then <laughs> Jeffrey calls me he, he, again, like five seconds later. And I go, oh, God, what do you What, what do you want? And he's just, we did it, we did it, we did it.
0: <laughs>
1: and uh, so so then, uh, you know, Mark and I were just, we were talking and just, uh, well, here we go. Here it is. The circus is in town. And, uh, you know, you can already tell today that the circus is in town. Uh, you know, Kyrie uh, at practice uh, making comments about how he's, he's thrilled to be with the Mavericks and feels Uh, You know, a lot of love here and said he felt disrespected in Brooklyn. And, of course, everybody's now jumping on that. And and look, this is, you know, this is the downside of Kyrie. This is, you know, the stuff that will always be played out and can become extraordinarily tiresome. And I think it's why uh, I know I am, and I'm sure a lot of others are just looking forward to tomorrow night at 9 o'clock when he actually plays. And uh, we can start talking about the basketball aspects of this because the other stuff gets real old real fast.
0: You know, you have opinions on all these players. I know where you stand on Chris Paul. I know exactly where you stand on Westbrook. You know, we've kind of debated and talked about different superstars over the years. Kyrie, the basketball player, okay, all the other stuff, some of the stuff you just mentioned, let's put that aside a little bit. What has kind of been your enduring um, thought on uh, an opinion on Kyrie the player over in, of course, seven-time All Star, and we know about you know uh, some of the greatness involved. Where have you been on him as a player
1: over the years? Incredible player, incredible talent. I mean, as the, as the kids like to say, sick handle. I mean, really, his his handle is the one that everyone tries to emulate uh, in the league right now. He is the best finisher at the rim for a small guy that I've ever seen. There is no one more creative than him once he gets in the lane and gets to the rim. He's not doing that as much as he has the last couple of years. He's averaging only four and a half free throws a game this year, but he shoots 88% from the line too, which is pretty significant when you figure the Mavericks have been involved in their share of close games, and they've not shot free throws well in close games. You have Kyrie on the line uh, to try to close games out. You've got a lot better chance of doing that now, but He's become a, a, a really good shooter. Uh, you know, he's, you know, he creates for himself and I don't think it's, you know, necessarily in a selfish way, you know, where he's, his assist, the average is about five assists a game, which really isn't a lot. Uh, but I think that he just, he just knows that when he gets in the lane, he, he knows he's going to finish. He knows he's going to be able to do that. And so so, so he does that, but I think that he and Luca are about to do something that is really, really special. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, when the Knicks acquired Earl Monroe from the Baltimore Bullets, and everybody wondered how is this going to work. You know, they both need the ball in their hand, and certainly Earl uh, appeared to really need the ball in his hand. And you know, we all wondered how that was going to work, and it obviously worked out famously for New York. Uh, you know, if you want to use a uh, a more recent vintage, uh, you know, James Harden and Chris Paul. I mean, that team won 65 games, uh, got to game seven of the Western Conference Finals. And if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt in that series, they'd, they'd probably win that series and maybe even win a championship out of it. You know, Jerry West and Gail Goodrich. I mean, there's, and even if you look at today, uh, I mean, I look at Atlanta and I see what DeJounte Murray and Trey Young are doing together, and it's working. I mean, those those guys have, those guys have had really good years, really good years. So it's not like it can't work, but it might work here at an even higher level just because of the relative skill level of both Luca and Kyrie.
0: So you think Luca is going to be excited? Obviously, they said he signed off on this. Probably has mixed emotions because I know he had a great relationship with Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie, but it seemed to be, uh, you know, particularly close to Dorian Finney-Smith. We, I mean, obviously, Luca, how Luca feels about all this is incredibly important. And then we start thinking about the future. You know, how long you, you want to make sure Luca wants to be here. And I know it's impossible. You can't to worry predict. about that
1: now, Matt. See, this, yeah. this is this is what talk this is what talk show people do. You know, you can't you can't worry about what's going to happen in 2026 right now. You can't do that. You're trying to win. And and there's a uh, there's a real opportunity for the Mavericks to win, given the nature of the Western Conference. Everybody in the Western Conference thinks they can win. And the Mavericks have made a, a game changing move that that everybody I think is looking at and wondering, well, wow, did they just really put themselves, if not in the driver's seat, then pretty damn close to it. Um, but look, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, even when we get to the summer, you know, Kyrie can be free uh, on July 1st. Uh, you know, do the Mavericks offer him a two year extension like they could right now. I don't think Kyrie's going to sign that right now. I don't think he wants to. I think Kyrie wants to prove, prove a point And, uh, you know, and if he plays great, uh, and the Mavericks go far, then uh, everything changes as far as the the calculus of just how much and for how long uh, is are the Mavericks willing to to sign him for. But you know, you really can't worry about that now. I think the excitement uh, really takes over, takes much higher precedence to what happens in the off season, But I know this is what this is what people do today. They only worry about tomorrow. Again, as, as my old friend, the uh, now uh, assistant coach of the Atlanta Hawks, Joe Prunty, uh, who was an assistant with the Mavericks, once told me, he says, you know what your business is, talking about the talk radio and broadcast business in, in general. He said, your job is about what, what was and what will be. It is never about what is, and it's the most profound statement about our business I think that has ever been uttered.
0: Yeah, what do you think the NFL drafts about? It's like we care more about well, what yeah. could possibly be. Yeah. Well,
1: you, well and, and the fact that it's you know you're worrying about it uh, three months before it's actually happening. Correct. You know, you, you, there's so much that can. Why are we doing this? Why are we wasting our time with this? You know, you want to get to two weeks before the draft, that's one thing. But, again, even as it relates to Kyrie, uh, I I think the excitement level right now, uh, you know, for what he and Luca might be able to produce on the floor really ought to outweigh everything else that people want to talk about.
0: Chuck Cooperstein on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, what does this do for other people other than Luka? I mean, we saw two young players take over a game last night. That was pretty entertaining, by the way. You know, it kind of like everybody's buzzing about this trade still and ready for that first game with Kyrie in the lineup. And then we watched two of their young players go for 29 each, which was uh, was was quite a lot of fun. Against the Utah team, it's been pretty good this season. You know, at times. It's been a much better than anybody thought. So, I thought that was uh, I thought that was kind yeah. of fun to watch last night. What do you like who else benefits from this um, other than just Luca?
1: Um, I, I think that's hard to say. I think it's not necessarily benefiting might be the wrong, the, the, uh, the wrong word. It's like who who has to make the biggest adjustment? And I think again, depending on where we are after two o'clock on Thursday. Uh, those people are likely to be Tim Hardaway and Christian Wood. I think th- those are the people that are going to have to make the biggest adjustments uh, because their their shot numbers are going to go way down. And I think that's pretty clear. Uh, so, uh, But I don't know that necessarily changes you know, the role or, or what they do or what the offense looks like, uh, but I do think it just changes the volume of what they do on the offensive end.
0: What about from on the, uh, the defensive end? First of all, do you think something else could happen? Some of the names you just mentioned, we've heard their names in possible trade discussions. How does this team try to regain any sort of sense of, of defensive identity that they actually had last year, or is that pretty much out the window?
1: Well, it's it's going to be pretty hard to get it to that level, although mm-hmm. of late, you know, really, if you go back and you look at the uh, probably from the Miami game when they really played well and held Miami at 90 points in that game, uh, I guess the last nine games, you know, the Mavericks have really been. Pretty good, and especially good in the second half. They start games badly uh, on defense. They really have struggled to do that, and they get themselves many times into a, a hole that becomes just way too deep for them to climb all the way out of. But if you look at the, the second halves of a lot of these games, uh, I believe the number is like in nine times in the last 14 games or so, or six times in the last nine. I do know that. Six times in the last nine, they have uh, held the opponents fewer than 50 points in the second half. I mean, which tells me that they start figuring things out and they really get after it, and they there's a good result that comes for it. To where you know, even if they fall way behind, they wind up playing themselves right back into the game and giving themselves a chance. And certainly here uh, last night uh, against the Jazz, they got off to a really bad start, down 15 in the first quarter but uh, you look at the last th- three quarters and certainly the second half of the game, you Utah up 41%, uh, you know, they scored 49 points in the second half. I mean, that's, that's winning basketball. They just need to be able to do that more consistently. And you, know, you would hope that as this happens more and more, uh, that these guys see that, hey, if we play this way, if we stay connected, the word that kid loves to use uh, defensively, they give themselves a chance regardless of who's out there. They don't necessarily have to be great individual defenders. Uh, you know, the NBA these days, it's, it's almost impossible to guard one on one. And you see that the, the scoring numbers going through the roof this year really because of that. But if you can, you know, get yourself involved in a team concept and stay connected to one another, you know, just follow, follow the game plan, if you will, then you have a chance to succeed. And th- there are real, I think, signs of life that that's happening, even as we now fantasize about how Kyrie and Luca are going to score 65 points a game between them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> These other guys scored 60 points between them last night.
1: Yeah, 58, pretty good. Absolutely. two, Absolutely. Two young
0: guys. Do you, what do you, this Mavs culture talk that we always hear about? Hey, we think we have the culture. Now, of course, every organization, when they get some superstar or especially someone that's maybe been had some trouble and has some baggage, always thinks, well, we can, I think we can handle this. Is there anything to this Mavs culture? Uh, Coop that you're around a lot that makes you think, hey, they have a better chance than other organizations at this.
1: Well, I don't know if it's necessarily the quote unquote culture, but Nico Harrison, the Mavericks general manager, was with Nike when uh, you know Kyrie was went to Nike and got him you know the shoe deal that it was is the most was at least until it was taken away from him last fall. Uh, among the most popular shoes that Nike sells, uh, so there is there's that relationship, and then I know there's a, a, a relationship with uh, with Jason Kidd uh, that goes back quite some time. You know, Kyrie. Uh, made sure that he reached out to Kid, you know, told him how much he admired him. Growing up in New Jersey, when Kid was at his best with the Nets, and wanting to be uh, at Kid's Hall, uh, Hall of Fame induction in Springfield, and made sure that he was there for that. So I. You know, there there and obviously look, you know, they can speak the point guard language together and obviously mean, Kid was not the offensive force that that Kyrie is, but but Kid knew obviously knew how to play the game and knew how to play it at an extraordinarily high level. So I think there's a certain amount of respect there that maybe, you know, you would have thought would have been there with Steve Nash, but wasn't there. Uh, you know, you would have thought, you no, know, maybe would have been there with Kenny Atkinson, but wasn't there. Uh but it, he's Jason Kidd, man. <laughs> I mean, that reputation, I think, goes a long way. So, you know, on the surface, that seems to be two things that the Mavericks really have in their favor. You know, how long that lasts is something everybody wants to know, and we're obviously going to find out at some point.
0: All right, as somebody that knows that Philly fan base and has been in that market over the years, uh, thoughts on Eagles Chiefs. Do you have a... Uh... Are you prepared to uh, go ahead and, and give your pick on this one?
1: I think it's going to the wire. And I just hope that it's, it's not an official's call that decides this game because it may very well come down to that. Uh, I, I don't see much difference uh, between these teams. Uh, I don't know that Mahomes is fully 100%. you know, He certainly got through it uh, in the game against Cincinnati. Uh, but the, the Eagles just seem really well-balanced. And really calm, almost unnaturally calm, uh, given this situation. And I don't think that the moment's going to be too big for Jalen Hurts. Uh, And I I think that the way that uh, Philly, I think Philly's defense is very underrated, very underrated. And I'm I'm really interested to see uh, just how Kansas City handles. Philadelphia's running game, and the, because Philadelphia has so many different ways they can run the ball, I mean they don't necessarily need Jalen Hurts to run the ball. Although that certainly makes it even more interesting. But all their backs seemingly, you know, get three or four yards before there's a hand that's put on them. So um, I think Philadelphia is going to win the game, uh, but I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be really entertaining, and I can't wait. Uh, you know, I I don't need all the build up from now until Sunday. Just get me to five thirty on Sunday afternoon, and I'm good to go.
0: All right. And what is the Cooperstein favorite snack at a at a at, the, at a Super Bowl party? What do you have to have there? If there's and I and I know you're a guy. You're you'll sample some of the the various things. Maybe the wings that show up. Is there anything at a Chuck Cooperstein Super Bowl party you absolutely have to
1: have? Uh, wings. And uh, a little barbecue is probably really worthwhile, and and some really good queso, queso and chips. Okay,
0: maybe the Bob Armstrong dip. All right, maybe put some ground beef and some guacamole into the queso.
1: No, 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 no guac. We don't, we don't do green, we don't do green. But but you want to put some ground meat in there? We're good to go.
0: We will learn something new every day. Even this long friendship, no, I now no green. I now know no, very, no very, gr-
1: very very little green. Romaine lettuce might be the only thing green that uh, that I eat. So, or, and a All green right. apple.
0: You tell tell Jeffrey your son that when next time he has breaking news to call Mosley. I will pick up the phone. i tell him that. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you All later. Right. Take care. You bet. You bet. There he goes. uh, Chuck Cooperstein, the voice of the Dallas Mavericks.